Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Friday, that always feels good. A lot to get to today. Uh, apparently, we had a little whoopsie with some math. Yeah, apparently so. The Pentagon overcounted the value of weapons and other military aid it sent to Ukraine by at least $3 billion. $3 billion. Yeah, so they overvalued the things that they were sending over to Ukraine. And they say, hey, wouldn't you know it? That frees up a little bit of extra cash to send more. Well, let's not yeah, let's not put it to good use. Let's right. go ahead and do that. I, right. yeah. I mean, I know we've got people in the military currently right. driving DoorDash to make ends meet. But whatever. We got, we got democracy to defend in Ukraine. Holy cow, man. Yeah, it just so happens that as this $3 billion accounting error, which, man, that's a big whoopsie. Uh, it just so happens this coincides with Joe Biden telling allies overseas now that he is in support of training Ukrainians on uh, F-16 operations, on fighter jets, which is something that just a couple of months back he said, we're not doing that. Well, and then there's been pressure from the Brits to say, hey, we're, we're stepping up here. What about yeah. you, United States? Of course, you look at the amount of money that we've given to this versus the Brits. It's not even close. But well, they're saying, hey, we're... We're doing this. Where are you? Yeah. And so now I guess, well, we just happened to find the cash. And all I could think about, David, I don't know if your mind went here or yours, Scott. When you mentioned this mistake, $3 billion, you think, okay, the Pentagon. Well, sometimes you take on sort of the personality or role of your leader. And Biden has had his issues with numbers. There's uh, no doubt well, about that's that. that's true, yeah. And I think you actually... Well, made example of that yeah. with a montage, right? One point four million. Uh, well, excuse me, a one point four million, a one point four mile stretch. Going to bring a billion, a trillion, seven hundred million dollar, billion dollars off the sideline. Now, so see how I mean? How could this happen with this leadership? Huh? Now we have over one hundred twenty million dead from COVID. Well, it's estimated that two hundred million people have died. One hundred and fifty million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. More than all the wars. Yeah, well, more than half the population. <laughs> right. We're, we're negative Crazy. 100. We're a negative 100 million people. The last Census Bureau <laughs> uh, count overcounted by like 330 million. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's oh, is somebody a checking their bank app and what? Whoa. Yeah. So what they say is during our regular oversight process of uh, uh, presidential drawdown packages, the Department of Defense discovered inconsistencies in equipment valuation for Ukraine. So in some cases, replacement cost rather than net book value was used, therefore overestimating the value of the equipment drawn down from U.S. stocks. Okay. So it's what we initially paid for it versus what we would pay for it if we were buying it new, and boom. All that's, right. that's one humdinger of an oversight, isn't it? That's, a, that's not a rounding error, is it? I know one thing, almost certain. No one's going to lose their job over it. Well, no. 
Because that doesn't happen there. In the real world, you get fired. Not there. No, it just doesn't happen. Who's the appraiser? <laughs> Oops. Let's get those dudes from Pawn Stars on the case. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I only give you $16 million for it. I mean... All right, switching gears to Disney versus Ron DeSantis. Ooh, you've probably heard about Disney hitting back at Ron DeSantis. I'm going to try to find the headline that I saw. That was probably my favorite. Uh, it was from CNN.com. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. It's still leading the website right now. Disney rocks DeSantis ahead of expected White House bid. Disney rocks DeSantis. So This the, is so dumb. So the company <laughs> decided to not go through with a billion-dollar investment in the Orlando area. This is being treated by the left and Donald Trump as Ron DeSantis being caught in the mousetrap. So what really <laughs> happened? <laughs> 20,000 jobs. Yeah, explain yeah. this, though, because yeah. this is ridiculous. So the previous CEO wanted to bring about 1,000 workers in the creative department to Florida. And then okay. another 1,000, they were saying another 1,000 jobs would be created, mostly because of construction and things like that. Got the it. workers didn't want to do it. And, in fact, they protested it. That was part of a walkout that the employees did. They didn't want to leave California. Uh, and, I mean, they got their wish. Uh, in fact, the deal was probably off as soon as Bob Iger took back over the company. It had already been delayed to 2026. Okay. But Disney's playing this really smart, knowing that there's, uh, there's a lot of leftists in national media who would like sure. to spin this as a loss for Ron DeSantis because of the back and forth that they've had between Disney and the state of Florida. So they're basically saying, well, until business conditions improve, I mean, the company is still in a hiring freeze, cutting thousands of jobs. And what's not being talked about is that they're still going through with a $17 billion plan to bolster existing properties. Well, no, that gets in the way of the narrative. Right. But Disney's playing it well by insinuating that this had to do with the uh, ongoing political battle between Disney and uh, Ron DeSantis, knowing that these idiots in national media will just take it and run with it without ever actually fact-checking anything. Well, then the big idiot in California, Newsom, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he issues a statement applauding they're going to get a thousand new jobs now because of how awful Ron DeSantis is. Those are existing jobs. Exactly. From people that already said we didn't want to move to Florida. Yeah. Right. Because we believe the national media that it's just hell in Florida. That's <laughs> right. why all these people are moving there. Right. Yeah. DeSantis is taking some sort of weird spike football. <laughs> yeah. That is really something. And so, and the part that you're saying is the Trump campaign is also saying, yeah, Ron just costs state 20,000 jobs. Something like that. Well, 2,000 is the number that keeps getting thrown out there more often. Okay. So I've, I've seen different, yeah. depending yeah, on your source, yeah. it can be upwards of 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. More on that a little bit. It'll later. be 100,000 tomorrow. Right. Of course. <laughs> a million billion <laughs> jobs. Well, it's up to yeah. Biden, 300 billion. Yeah. <laughs> People are now out of work. Uh Let's get to, it's something different with trans every day, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And now you have this pushback of different parents saying, I want my kid transitioned. How dare you have a law that says I can't? Yeah, Texas finally passed a law banning sex change procedures and puberty blockers for minors. Uh, MSNBC decided this was terrible, so they brought on a mom who says her son transitioned to be a girl when he was five. I'm sure there was no this, outward pressure on that. This is stunning. Okay, roll it. Well, my daughter will not have access to the health care that we know is life-saving, medically necessary, best practice care. How do you know that? Yeah, you, you really don't know that. 
At best, it's guesswork. At best. <laughs> at best. Again, if someone's confused, it's at least 80%, upwards of 90% as far as chances. By the time the kid's 18, they won't want to transition. They will have, quote, grown through it. Okay, but you're saying, no, we have to have it. It's the best care. you got to start doing it now with puberty blockers. That's crazy. Five-year-old. Our our government has decided that they know better than the American medical establishment, than uh, every major medical association, than parents and physicians who specialize in this care in concert with our daughter. We know what's best for our kid, and we don't expect our legislators to understand this, but they've decided that they need to interfere in our personal lives. Okay, what's your first reaction to that, David? Uh, There are all sorts of laws that prevent child abuse. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even if the parent thinks something different. Yeah. I mean, just just for clarity's sake, and I'll repeat this as often as necessary, but when they're talking about pubes, puberty blockers these are drugs and it covers a wide array of different drugs but they are not fda approved for gender affirming care and in fact the part that why it's being used in this transition stuff Mm -hmm. is because they're capitalizing on side effects known side effects i mean they're using drugs that are used to uh treat breast cancer prostate cancer uh, what's called PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. They're using these drugs because they can spur, whether it's facial hair production, uh, breast tissue growth, or delay the normal development of sex organs for boys, things like that. They're, those are side effects that they're taking advantage of. And it's never been FDA approved for this particular thing. It's all off-label prescribing. It's, an, it's a science experiment is what it is. You know, what was it, 10 seconds ago, this would be called a mental disorder. Yeah. When did it not become a mental disorder? And why? Can that be fully explained? Oh, it's because activists bullied different medical organizations to to stop calling it a mental issue or a mental health issue. And what have we seen in Europe? Oh, they're going backwards. They're they're rolling things back in a big way. Many Western European and Northern European countries are rolling back uh, sort of the laissez-faire, free-for-all transition stuff, especially for kids. And why? Uh, because there's no real known benefit to it. And again, you're... And cap- the backlash. Yeah, and you're capitalizing, again, on dangerous drug side effects. That's what it is. It's not the drugs yes. that do anything. Well, and you have a bunch of these kids now, you know, young adults saying, how could you let me do this when I was 13 years old? And now there's lawsuits. So many lawsuits that they know they're in a lot of trouble. They had to shut down the clinic in the UK. So, you know, I'm sure there'll be some people that buy into this bullcrap, but that's exactly what it is. And then you got our media that's just pushing this out there. We know that it's gender affirming care is the way to go. It's the safest. It'll keep the kid from killing themselves. Exactly. That's it's the so, line they use oh my 100% of the time. It's just brutal. Um, <laughs> I'm going to wait to get into this a little bit later. I didn't even know if you guys would want to talk about it. I noticed something about the opening of the new Fast and Furious movie today, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I've been made fun of for years now for liking any of these movies. Well, you cried at one of the movies. 
I did not. We've established this, that there was no tear that went down. There was a lip the quiver, though. There, there, there might have been, and there might have been a huge lump in the throat, but I held it off like a man, and that was the episode. We had a guy die, and then he comes back on the show, and he's waving goodbye to his buddy. Okay, I'm not going to apologize for that lump in my throat, okay? Nor should you. You know, you know some of us have had friends that maybe have passed, Okay. And I just want to say that lump was friend-affirming care as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> and it's my truth. You saw yourself in the pain <laughs> in Vin Diesel's eyes. Maybe. Not only that, I read this piece yesterday that talked about Fast and Furious diversity without the woke. And it's fantastic <laughs> because it's so freaking true. We will get to that. Oh, we have I, to now. Yeah, I promise you. Yeah, we'll get to it. Also, ESPN planning to stream. What does that mean for cable? Yes. And someone tried to take a woman's bike. Uh Uh-oh, we got a race issue. God, this story. All coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I saw this in a lot of different places. I'll be honest. I didn't read much about it. I knew you guys had talked about it. And... I just want to hear this story fresh. Yeah. I know this is race baiting again. Oh, it totally is. So, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, a video went viral out of New York City. A pregnant woman who works at a hospital is seen arguing with a group of young black men over a rented bike. One person says, I rented the bike. She says, no, I rented the bike. There was a tussle. And you got this lady surrounded by a bunch of dudes. Uh, she's gripping part of the bike. Another dude is holding on to, and someone else is filming this. And here's a snippet of the audio as she's crying and asking for help. Okay. You're not crying. You're not crying. I got your video. Hey, I'm drunk. Yeah, you, 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 you put it on. Hassan, you put it on. Hassan. Hassan, you pulled it out? Uh, this is my bike. It's on my account. Yeah, Please move. All right, so why don't we set, reset the bike? I'm not resetting the bike. It's, it's his. It's his. It's, it's his. It's his. Reset it. I'm going to pull it out on your guys. Just fake crying. Stop fake crying. Yeah, stop fake crying, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, you hear another guy come in, and he's trying to intervene, saying, okay, we'll just reset the bike, and you can re-rent it. And problem solved. There's another bike here, too. Okay. Like, you can both have the bike. What What is the deal here? Now, her lawyer has provided information that she actually did rent the bike. She'd reserved it. The dude pushed the bike back into the docking station in an effort to take it. Or, again, we don't, we don't really know what happened beforehand. Okay. Uh, that's not how it's being framed in the media. She was placed on, on leave from her job. Yeah. Oh, my God. The yeah, hospital. They doc- yeah, they doxed her, put her home address out there. The, the, the hospital apologized, saying the video was disturbing. As a health system, we are committed to providing an environment for our patients and staff that is free from discrimination of any kind. And, of course, Ben Crump, race-baiting lawyer who runs around the country just trying to make a buck off of stoking racial tension, said she grossly tried to weaponize her tears to paint this man as a threat. This is exactly the type of behavior that has endangered so many black men in the past. I'm watching the video right now without sound. Yeah. What did she do wrong? That's the thing. It, It... as according to her lawyer, at least, and again, they provided the receipt saying, yes, she reserved this particular rental bike, uh, pulled it out of the dock, and then a minute later it goes back into the docking station as this argument ensues. So, yeah, it, I I don't know what she is supposedly uh, 
accused of doing wrong other than saying, don't take my bike, being surrounded by four dudes. Forget skin color for a minute. (laughs) You got this pregnant woman getting off of a, a shift, trying to ride a bike, and four dudes approach her and just start trying to wrestle the bike away or anything? What is that? And in what culture do people come to the defense of the dudes? Well, you know. know. know, Of course they do. Well, of course, we already know know this. If you switch the races and that is a black woman and and white dudes, oh, dude, it's completely different. But that's the way the left works. If it's a a group of white guys and a white woman, we have a national conversation about toxic masculinity. Absolutely. Which I think would be appropriate. What the hell? Even if you do have a misunderstanding about this bike, what kind of dude doesn't just say, okay, I'll I'll get a different one? Fine. A different bike. (laughs) Yes. What kind of man does that? (laughs) Not a man. That's, That's who. Yes, absolutely. Well, and there's absolutely no fear of repercussion either. Of course. None. Well, I'm, I'm videoing it. Why? Because I can use this to race bait. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Real quick, ESPN plans to stream its flagship channel. What does that mean for cable? I don't know. And I know a lot of less people now get cable for ESPN mm-hmm. yeah. because ESPN has disenfranchised itself from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But more and more, man. It's going to streaming. And then if you have to pay for ESPN alone, no. how many people do it? Oh, not a lot. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, dude, biggest story of the day. Biggest story of the day to me is that the uh, Pentagon uh, took a ride on the whoopsie go round and decided that uh, they overcounted the value of the weaponry that has been sent to Ukraine <laughs> by about $3 billion, just in time for Joe Biden to agree to start helping facilitate the transfer of F-16s. To Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that a dink? Wow. Yeah, how about that? As long as the right people get paid, right? Yes. The debt ceiling, Republicans are irresponsible, putting Americans at risk. $3 billion mistake, you say. <laughs> really? How about that? All right. Much to get to. And this whole FBI whistleblower thing, I notice Legacy Media doesn't cover this a whole lot. When we know, in fact, there's a deep state. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Oh, buddy. This is a... Um, all right, so remember earlier in the week when New York City was sending a bunch of uh, migrants to upstate New York? And yes. we heard the story, you know... Uh, Liberal and conservative media reporting this, that there had been roughly 15 homeless veterans kicked out of a hotel. Yeah. Uh, Apparently that was a scam. Really? That's according to uh, Mid-Hudson News. uh, Did an investigation saying seven homeless men have come forward to say they were part of a group of men recruited at a homeless shelter to act as veterans that had been displaced from a Newburgh hotel in order for a nonprofit organization to perpetrate a fraud on the public. Okay. Oh. That's infuriating. That really is infuriating, yes. The men told Mid-Hudson News on Thursday night they were part of a group of 15 men that were supposed to pretend they were veterans that had been kicked out of the Crossroads Hotel in advance of the arrival of migrants brought up from New York City. Uh, The saga, as the paper writes, of the displaced veterans received national attention when Assemblyman Brian Marr stepped in 
to denounce the hotel's actions and grabbed headlines along with the appearance on a uh, conservative TV network, well, as more than that, to raise money for the YIT Foundation, which claims had housed the homeless veterans at the hotel. And evidently that was not true. Okay, a couple of things that come right to mind is, can you just please tell the truth? <laughs> That's what most well, no people kidding. want. Okay, the whole situation is bad enough. You don't have to make stuff up about homeless vets getting kicked out of their place to stay. And what is it? The other thought is, when it comes to veterans and funding for vets, we've seen so many lies over the years. It's despicable to so many different people that you're raising money. Yeah, we're going to be helping out the vets. And then you find out, well, no, a lot of the money never even went to the veterans. Yeah. They take advantage of that, just good-hearted people wanting to give to veterans all the time, it seems like. You always have to, like, double-check who you're giving money to, the people you want to support, that it's actually legit. It's sad that you have to do that, but you do. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of, this whole story. Go ahead, say no, it, Robin. No, I'm, I'm you, not. I've... Go ahead. Well, we all... We just take on face value so many things we can't take on face value anymore. Whether it's the freaking CDC or bad veterans organizations, not, not you can't believe anything. You know, when you say that, it reminds me of something I said off air. And I forget what we found out. And I said to you guys, you know, as cynical as you can become doing this every day. Yeah. And you sort of see the worst in humanity, and there's liars all over the place. I still fall for crap. I, I do, like, too. I'm still that just naive, exactly. small-town Midwest kid that just wants to believe in the good of people, and you get burned. All the it's time. It's frustrating. It's like, all the I'm time. I say to myself, how stupid could you be? And then I, I say to myself, cynicism is a very real emotion that I have not only observed, <laughs> but have lived. Yes, and worked in. So this is ridiculous. Of course they're lying. They're all liars. <laughs> just They're all just well, all they're lying. They're not all liars. Now, most of them are liars. I know. Manipulation out. Golly. Yeah. David, do you ever fall for this stuff? Well, I, I did in this case. Well, I mean, who wouldn't really? Yeah. Well, well, it's I, so believable. It sounds true. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Wow, that's really disappointing. Okay. Um, well, we know uh, some people who lied, switching gears uh, to the FBI. And I noticed Legacy Media didn't report a whole lot about the whistleblowers and the former FBI officials telling mm -hmm. House Republicans that the Bureau denied agents all the January 6th riot footage to protect assets and informants that were present at the U.S. Capitol. Remember, we were told that's a conspiracy. That didn't happen. It absolutely happened. Yeah. And, th I mean, this story gets deep in the weeds. Really deep. But the one thing that I don't think you could walk away from this story without understanding, there is absolutely a deep state. Of course. I mean, that it, is 100% true. Like, by, by their own admission, I mean, just look at the, the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story and the development of the 51 former intelligence agencies say that this is Russian disinformation or whatever. 
I mean, that that was clearly an effort by people who had worked within the intelligence community, a.k.a. deep state, trying to influence the outcome of an election by their own admission. Yes. Gosh, dang it, man. I can play you parts of what Matt Gates was uh, saying yesterday. It's a little piece if you want it. Of course. No, we, we got did. other things to get to. All right, just just a, a little bit of a taste. Roll I did it in two there. Two tours in Iraq, sir. And and for how many decades have you held a security clearance? Uh, for two decades, sir. Ever been called into question before? No, sir. And and you also received the Employee of the Year Award for the Charlotte Field Office. Is that right? That is correct, sir. Did you receive any medals during your service for the Marine Corps and the United States Navy? I did, sir. As a member of the Marine Corps, I received two, uh, a Navy Commendation Medal and a Navy Achievement Medal. So he is decorated. But now, oh, boy, yeah, you can't trust the whistleblower. Uh, probably a MAGA person. Unbelievable. It seems to me your allegiance to the United States is pretty well established over multiple decades, wearing the uniform, fighting for our country. And I am proud that you continue to fight for our country as a whistleblower here, making a disclosure to the United States Congress. Uh, and Mr. Allen, is it your belief that you were retaliated against because you shared an email that questioned the truthfulness of FBI Director Christopher Wray? Yes, sir. And you believed that he wasn't truthful based on testimony he'd given to the United States Senate, isn't that right? Yes, sir. And in that testimony to the Senate, you believed that Christopher Wray indicated that there were no confidential informants and no oh. uh, FBI assets that were present at the Capitol on January 6th that were part of the violent riot. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Please play the video. Yes. I line Christopher Wray, like, where, where is yeah. that? And a line of all over legacy media today that actually adds something to the story. <laughs> I've got an I've got a uh, a tweet here from Beauregard Daniels, <laughs> and it says all whistleblowers are liars. <laughs> do you agree with that? Yes or no? Well, I'm not Beauregard. I don't. I know, but do you agree with it? <laughs> Jeez, we it, it, we're surrounded by idiots. I know, and there are so many people that should know about this story that we'll never know. Which is really unfortunate. Yeah. I know we got to move along. We got to get to uh, what we do pretty much every day at this time, which is go around the room talking about a story that really caught your attention. Might not be the biggest one of the day, but it's worthy of the show. Today, David, what's your story? Well, I'm, I'm going to do uh, uh, mainstream media framing of this now. Okay. Uh, but, so bear with me here. Uh, the left is fiercely attacking a Baltimore reporter for interviewing a black man who legally owns guns. What? This is going down in Severn, Maryland, outside of Baltimore. A dude named Jaden uh, McAdory has been protesting a new gun control law by open carrying his AR-15 in the neighborhood. And people, now I will say understandably, freaked out because this dude was standing across the street from a school bus stop. Bad move, dude. You're not making the point you think you are. But... Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, well, WBAL's uh, Tolly Taylor spoke to him, and this is what he had to say. Do I have this? You do have this, yes. Okay. So, sorry, man. Getting used to a new... Yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been different in here, yes. It's a new system this yeah. week, uh -huh. but that's okay. Um, I'm looking for that clip, dude. Tolly Taylor. Uh, well, roll it. Yeah. Here it is. I got it. I got it. I really wasn't coming out here for the kids. I was coming out here to show people that this is legal. Yeah. Ooh. 
Uh, the reporter teased the story, though, saying you'll hear from both sides. And it's that phrase that freaked people out on the left. Former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says, nope, there are not two sides of bringing an assault weapon to an elementary school bus stop. MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan said, both sides? Seriously? I feel like I'm losing my mind. Stop with both sidesism. <laughs> Left-wing <laughs> activist said, a man is terrorizing parents and elementary school students at a bus stop with a bleeping AR-15, and this bleeping news station is going to have its audience here from both sides. Well, yeah, that's how reporting works. Uh, listen, I think the guy's an idiot. You can't. <laughs> right. I, and I support your Second Amendment rights. Trust me when I say that. But you're not making a very good point if you're yeah. holding a rifle across the street from where elementary school kids are getting off the bus, you idiot. Well said. That's a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> that said, yeah, I'd like to hear from this idiot. I want to know what, it, what's what, going through his yeah, mind. What were you thinking? Yes. Yes. Totally understand that. <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your story today for what's your story? Uh, the media now is in full court press trying to convince Americans that the president still has a couple of functioning brain cells left. Never mind the facts he wanders in circles and tries to exit crowded rooms going the wrong way all the time. Now this story has gotten really bizarre now. MSNBC host Joe Scarborough has been offering up evidence of Joe Biden's cognitive capability. He wants him to be a reelected president. And now we know that the two enjoy late-night phone calls with each other to compare notes. Oh, my goodness. David Axelrod, that swamp creature, was on something called Hacks on Tap. Strangely enough, for a purported journalist, Scarborough never divulges the fact that he's having these conversations, according to Axelrod and others, that Joe takes the calls and they discuss strategy together. This is a journalist. This is a guy doing a show on, on MSNBC. Wow. That's a journalist. That's, and they're trying. that's stretching it. Yeah, it I mean, this guy's devoid of principles anyway. He doesn't have any. Yes, We that know is true. that. Okay. Uh, for my story, and something a little different. And by the way, can I just different. say, right before we let, leave this? Yes. I doubt the story in that they're having late-night phone calls. I don't believe that. Yeah. Depends on what you consider to be late night. Yeah, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way in hell Joe Biden stayed up that late. Um, the trans ideology stuff, especially when it concerns women, women's spaces, women's sports, I do think is getting to a tipping point. Um, I heard podcast yesterday. It was Megyn Kelly with Carrie Brogine Bowler, I think is her name, and Britt Mayer. They're co-founders of the Battle Cry. They're the ones fighting for biological women and their spaces not to have any trans athletes. Mm -hmm. They have daughters. And there were two different parts of this that I wanted to play for you. There was one, and this is basically a woman that's just absolutely had enough. After a cycling competition where there was actually... <laughs> a division for trans athletes but this biological dude didn't want to compete in that arena wanted to compete against the women and it was allowed and they win and then no one shows up around the podium because everybody's like this is stupid and this is what she had to say they don't want to they are they are narcissists these are people that are very sick they're sick individuals and they get off from beating women 
I mean, bravo to Riley Gaines, who is calling out, what, nine athletes, nine female athletes. Where are you at, Venus and Serena? Where's mm. your voice in this? Why aren't yeah. you standing up for all women? You know you wouldn't have a chance to compete if you had to compete against a dude. You know you wouldn't have gotten all of your accomplishments and trophies if you had to compete against a man. Um, we all oh, know that. That's absolutely true. Absolutely well, true. Serena Williams actually admitted that before the culture completely went crazy. She did. Was, on, was that on Letterman? Where she was talking about taking on like John McEnroe or something yes. like that. Could you beat she him? She laughed. And she said, well, no, the men's is just a completely different sport. Yeah, like there's no way. Of course not. Exactly. Um, we all know that men have stronger bones and skeletal structure. We know that they have an advantage over women. So I love that women are getting the balls to stand up <laughs> and say, no more. Actually, hashtag women take a knee. That's what we're mm -hmm. calling them. Just for time's sake, because we don't have time to roll anymore, really. If they said for a long time that you try to be nice in this area, it doesn't work. It absolutely doesn't. You have to take a stand. The other part was actually Megyn Kelly saying, you know, you guys were far more uh, to the right on this or extreme when I first talked to you. And I want you to know, you've changed my mind over time. And now I actually see it, which I think is people can change their minds when they're loaded with facts. I think that's good news. All right. Much more to get to. Um, liberal pollsters want to change the story. you got to hear how they try to do this next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. To me, this is kind of a big story. I don't think you'll see it in a lot of places. Saw this at a few, including Daily Wire. A Democrat-linked polling group keeping quiet about its findings from a survey that shows Americans oppose transgender procedures on children. You don't say. What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Daily Mail actually said it gained access to an invitation-only web event hosted by Change Research. It's based out of San Francisco, not surprising. So during the event, the group unveiled the new poll results. Oh, crap. This isn't good. By the way, Daily Mail wasn't really invited. They had someone go undercover to get in there to get mm -hmm. the information. Yeah. Um, they said, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to, uh, quote, educate the public by rebranding puberty blockers. <laughs> because puberty blockers, th that terminology doesn't work with people. We're going to have to change it. And they're the masters of word oh, use. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That's what they do it, all yeah. the time. Absolutely. As soon as they start losing the argument, they just change the language. That's why they don't call it sex change operations anymore, right. which is actually a churched-up version of general mutilation. Yes. Uh, but they, that's why they use gender-affirming care and all this nonsense. Well, the word abortion doesn't exist. Right. It's health care. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of gender-affirming care, that is the winner for them calling it a great term that we should continue using because it resonates with the public. So again, when you have ABC, NBC, CBS, all of these networks, and so many that control news, calling it gender-affirming care, to people that don't have time to look into it or just sort of bypassing, well, it seems like all these doctors, that, I mean... This is the way to go. We don't want kids killing themselves. Yeah, lopping and... off your penis didn't test. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that one didn't resonate with people. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, some big political news, I guess. We knew it was going to happen yeah, at it's some gonna, point. going to happen at some point, but apparently Ron DeSantis is going to, the governor of Florida, is going to be uh, announcing that he is running for president next Wednesday. That's okay. the word right now. Wall Street Journal was the first one to report this, but he is expected to formally announce in a virtual way on uh well next week that he's running for president apparently he had a conversation with donors uh yesterday saying uh this presidential race basically comes down to three candidates me donald trump and joe biden and i don't disagree with that i think that's true unless the democrats force biden out right unless something happens to joe biden but yeah yeah but outside of that i don't see any other republican player having a chance no you're not saying anything, Scott. No, There's somebody I, in mind. Who no, is it? not really. I, I just it's wishful thinking on my part, but I really like that dude, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, the guy yes, you like so much you remember his name. Yeah, I, well, I, <laughs> I sometimes I can think of his name. His name flashes in my yeah. brain. I'm afraid to say it because yeah. I'm going to come up with some sort of Biden-esque type name. I think he's a brilliant dude. I love I I love this guy. When I I can listen to him forever because mm-hmm. he just to me he's he's straight. He's honest, mm-hmm. and he, he, he's got great command. He's a smart guy. I mean, I Are like... Are you saying the other guys aren't straight? No, I, I mean... I'm just trying to understand what that means. I just think it's, it's refreshing as hell, this guy. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be fearful of saying something for offending this group who might give me money for this, you know. He just says it. Are you saying the other guys are fearful? I don't know. You think Trump's fearful? I I don't know if he's well. I mean, he he knows who his audience is. Put it that way. So you're and saying there's a possibility that to, he's fearful? He's not going to say anything contrary to what they think of him. Oh, I don't know, man. I'm not quite sure, but Scott. Well, I I mean, and listen, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to be the. I certainly would vote for Donald Trump if he's running against Joe Biden. Thank you, Scott. Okay, you're welcome, sir. But he's not your first choice here. But that's not you saying know, anything. <laughs> You know, you you always do wonder in the back of your mind if there isn't going to be somebody who who breaks out and maybe comes it's, right exactly maybe it's always, Vivek. I don't think it will be, but maybe I don't it either. Will be. But we, we we have these conversations about these three people all the time, mm-hmm. and it's like it's not unheard of that somebody could come out of the field. Well, I mean, Trump kind of came out of nowhere. He did, yes, but that's once in a lifetime. Y- y- and everyone already knew who he was. Yeah. I don't disagree mm-hmm. with you, but. Yeah. The thing about I hate to narrow the field two years before the election. If Ramaswamy was a Democrat, it'd be hard not to put him ahead of Biden. The problem with the Democrats, they have nobody. Yeah, there well, is no one as polished as that guy. No, I mean, I again, I'll admit it. When I went back and uh, watched some interviews with Gavin Newsom, I thought, man, that guy seems to perform pretty well on TV, and then it—that's not true at all. You, if he gets on the ropes, he crumbles. He is not very good off script. Yeah, it's like we have to learn this lesson again and again. Yeah. Teleprompter's one thing. 
when you've got to just react to questions in real time, yeah. that's where the rubber meets the road, it seems like. And you're right, man. Newsom, he's awful mm-hmm. when it comes to that. He really is. Well, this will be interesting. No doubt about it. You know, I see another piece on the Durham report, the deep state, what the FBI did, our intelligence agencies. It is disgusting. And it's so frustrating because it's not being covered. And you can bring it up as much as you want, but it seems like it's so frustrating. Is the whole sort of issue, if you have friends that don't know this, you should tell them? So at least they know, hey, I don't, you can vote however you want, but know this. The FBI is freaking corrupt. Yeah. There might be a lot of great people within the FBI, but who runs it and controls it? It's absolutely corrupt. Well, the, the remarkable thing is, like, I, I don't know, in 2016, if you had said that, you would not have had trouble convincing a leftist. You're absolutely right about no. that. I, I mean, the way it has drastically swung is remarkable. I mean, it was a piece. We've gone over a lot of this information. This was a Wall Street Journal piece um, from Kim Strassel. And it, just different pieces. You sort of sit back for a second and realize you almost get used to this crazy news. You take a step back and you're like, this is absolutely nuts. According to special counsel John Durham's report, the team reviewing the intelligence was told in a meeting with a top member of the Trump-Russia collusion probe to be careful because, quote, issues relating to steel were under intense scrutiny. Steel dossier. And, of course, he, deputy assistant director for counterintelligence, then ordered that findings be reported only orally. One FBI lawyer told the Durham team it was the most inappropriate operational or professional statement he'd ever heard at the FBI and that he was so appalled he walked off the review. The lawyer didn't know exactly who'd given the order but said Miss Corsi was speaking for FBI leadership. And you won't find direct quotes from former Director James Comey or Deputy Director Andrew McCabe because both refused to cooperate with Durham. And you go to this stuff that you kind of already know when the FBI got wind in July 2016 of a conversation between another Trump advisor and an Australian diplomat. Mr. McCabe ordered FBI agent Peter Stroke to skip all preliminary steps and launch a full counterintelligence investigation. There's no deep state. Right. (laughs) It's it's all there. It's all the stuff, as you've said before, Robbins, you think you would see on some miniseries on Amazon Prime. It's not even real. Well, another thing you were talking about this, too. I mean, since when has the whistleblower become the villain? Since it doesn't work for the left. Exactly. I mean, it's the weirdest thing, isn't it? I mean, they're villainizing these guys. Speaking of villainizing, switching gears, Daniel Penny, the Marine. Yeah. That put the, well, Michael Jackson impersonator. Violent criminal. Yes. Yeah. The chokehold. And he ended up dying. Um. Most people you talk to is like, yeah, they're happy the guy did what he did. And most people believe he didn't try to kill anybody, but that doesn't stop the left from their own narrative. And I've read a couple of different pieces this week. It It's mind-blowing. This was from MSNBC. The right-wing movement surrounding Daniel Penny is barbaric. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I tend to think dragging a seven-year-old down a staircase and trying to kidnap her is pretty barbaric, too which is what this hero of the left, Jordan Neely, did. Or give permanent brain damage to an older woman. Yeah, that's pretty freaking barbaric as well. 
then whatever he was doing on that train was probably pretty barbaric. Yeah. Um, but what... <laughs> What's in this piece? A growing movement of right-wing politicians, activists, and pundits staking out an extreme position in ardent support of Penny. They don't just defend his actions, but glorify them as heroic. They don't see tragedy in the needless death of Neely, but a potentially exciting model for dealing with social problems. We saw this with Kyle Rittenhouse. Penny is being swept up into a broader right-wing narrative that valorizes vigilante extrajudicial killing as a noble pursuit. It well, underscores the hollowness of the American right's claim to favor law and order. What it really favors is upholding a certain kind of order by any means. And going on how crazy this is. The rhetoric is so extreme it can be easy to forget that what happened was a gratuitous act of violence against a person who appeared mentally unwell and homeless. And violent. He was threatening people. People were scared for their lives. Yeah. You know, I... I, I do bristle quite a bit at the comparison to Kyle Rittenhouse, and I think Kyle Rittenhouse was completely justified in what he did. But there is a key difference if you want to take the vigilante angle. Right. Uh, Daniel Penny was not going out of his way to get into a violent situation. He didn't. He didn't get on the train thinking, no. "Boy, I really, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a crazy homeless person running around threatening people." That right. I can kill. Yeah, that's a totally different situation uh, because he was just on the train and something's going down and he handled it. Yep. And I know, I mean, we talked about Rittenhouse so many different times. He was 17. Should he have been there? And I understand the argument saying, yeah, he probably shouldn't have been there. But he was also asked to help protect the building because there had been nights of violence and people just ripping a town apart, so he's going to go ahead and yeah. bring his first aid kit and his gun. And then I don't think he asked for any sort of crap to go down that night, you know, but it did. But the left is so far lost in this. So the message is, again, uh, yeah, just take it, whatever it is. When there's someone that's violent, you just have to take the beating or give them all your money, whatever it is, and be a victim. That's always the message. No, people don't want to be a victim. That crap is done. Sorry. Oh, by the way, also, if you're white, reach into your wallet because you're going to have to start paying some people of color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is that this what clip, I understand? This clip is going viral now. A dude speaking at a Tampa City Council meeting about reparations. I just honestly, I think the whole thing is kind of funny. Because okay. he's nuts. I mean, this is this is crazy. But And this is just putting white people on notice, correct? Yes. All right. All this nonsense, homelessness, and all this other garbage y'all talk about. Police violence and all this stuff, don't nobody care about that. Don't nobody real care about that. We care about our reparations. <laughs> and we have to put white people on notice that we want our reparations. That our foreparents and us, we didn't work for free and underpaid and all this nonsense. And the white folks get away with it. And they talk about the great city they're building. No, we want our reparations. Three million dollars per person. <laughs> get lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I, I will tell you this: I do appreciate one thing about that dude. What's that? He just called out the left. All this BS you keep throwing out, nobody cares about that. <laughs> we want Give cash. us the freaking money. Give cash. us three million dollars right now. <laughs> Straight cash. Give it up. <laughs> Not happening. Gosh, dang. 
You are really guarding everything today, Rob. Uh, well, I'm, not, I'm not exactly guarding it, but I don't know if what I have to offer that even remotely comes close to the way I think about this stuff. Well, I thought you meant you don't have a whole lot of money to offer. <laughs> you got to reach in for $3 million, dude. Yeah, $3 million. <laughs> Yeah. You can come up with at least a million of that three, right? Yeah, I got it. You, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Sometimes I look over at you and I'm like, you want to say something, I, but you want to keep a job. It's just this stuff, man. I know. It's hilarious. What do you come and just pull the $3 million figure out of your fanny, too? Why not $10 million? Why not $18 million while you're at it? Uh, you know what? It, it's different in, depending on where you I, live, That's I what think. I mean. Yeah, the people have come up with different things. Mm. Yeah. All right. Much more to get to. Oh, 100 million billion dollars. You know, with uh, climate change, China's hopped on board. They're going to go green energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure they are. <laughs> no, they don't give a flip. We'll get to that much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Happy to see this piece today talking about China when it comes to going green. And, you know, the climate, it's a problem. We could all be dead in 10 years. We've heard this sort of nonsense in one way or another. That China's going to step up and they're going to start doing their part. No, they're not. No, of course they're not. <laughs> yeah. How much they're investing in natural gas and coal? I mean, they want to be the world power. Part of that is energy. Mm-hmm. And the way it's going, they're absolutely going to get it. Well, that's one There's of the reasons. There's no stopping that. That's one of the reasons why they and Russia work so hard to fund some of these activist groups through different cutouts. The, the activist groups who are talking about how the planet's going to be unlivable in 10 years or 10 years yes. is the point of no return or things like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Chinese and the Russians love funding that stuff because they realize that there are dopes in the West who will fall for it and kneecap their own economies. Yes. And then someone's got to find gas somewhere, and where are they going to go? Well, China and Russia. Correct. And Saudi Arabia, of course. And Venezuela. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so mad to watch I mean, it happen. In the 20 I mean, do people on the left really believe China when they say, they because they'll say all the right things, but you always watch what someone does. Yeah. It's not what they say. What are the actions? I mean, there is not, in the 21st century, a single group that has done more to promote and lift up authoritarian regimes than the left and the West. There's not another group that's done that. That's absolutely true. Try, try to convince me that that's not true when you look at what happened in Western Europe after the invasion of Ukraine. And Germany's like, oh, gosh, we're going to have a bunch of people freezing to death. Better fire up those coal plants, the, that's right. the coal yeah. reserves. Oh. Yeah, who knew, right? <laughs> Unintended consequences. Right. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What was the one line from this story? Uh, yeah. Xi Jinping said uh, Beijing wants to speed up construction of an additional pipeline to supply Central Asia gas to China's energy-hungry economy to promote nuclear power. Mm -hmm. Nuclear, too, which we've heard <clears throat> is really an answer to a lot of green energy questions. But people have this mindset about nuclear. Oh, it's terrible. Can't do it. China's like, oh, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. No problem, and we'll have an advantage you know, over everybody. Problem we have with nuclear is is we'll get at least one insufferable CD from Neil Young out of it. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he still banging that drum? <laughs> no, no, no. Nuclear, nukes. Joe Rogan, bad. <laughs> the no I'm Neil Young. <laughs> okay, 
Got it. I mentioned this earlier in the show. Uh, this weekend will be the opening of Fast X, mm-hmm. the latest in the Fast and Furious series, which I've been made fun of for liking it at all mm-hmm. from both David and Scott over well, the years. Well, that's not true. It's mainly because you cried at the end of Fast 7. So now I have to backtrack and make sure it's clear. There were no tears that went down the cheek. It was a lump in the throat. Was there a welling in the eyes? Yes, I admit it. But I held it off like a man. And it was the scene. The guy had already died in real life. And then it was like this CGI thing at the end of the movie. What was that, Fast 7? It was heartwarming and emotional. (laughs) There was no weeping. (laughs) Okay? I saw this piece, Daily Wire, from Christian Toto. Saying, you know what? Fast X is diversity on steroids, but without the woke. And he get this whole piece talking about, you know what? There's a lot to like about Fast and the Furious. Especially when you're talking about traditional values. You know, they have dinner together. Mm-hmm. The, they pray. They steal cars based, together. The, yes. The, yeah. I'm not going to tell you it's wholesome family fun all the time. <laughs> I'm not selling that. Okay? But you have, seriously, there are diverse figures, but they've all earned their place yeah. in... The family. Uh-huh. The family. And they all that, have a role to play, and there's something really cool about that. family that steals together, stays together. Stays together. Okay? You but you got to fight, too. There's fighting, and there's cars, <laughs> and it's fun, okay? This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On you know, a serious note, biggest story of the day is what? <laughs> Are you going to tell me there's not any of these movies you've ever enjoyed? Hey, wait a second, Robbins. You saw the one with Hobbs? I did, yeah. Okay, you said it was really good. I know. I've seen Christian Toto, too. Praise and worship. <laughs> it's the person that wrote the piece. Yes. Well, he says, Fast and Furious 6, they ended with a prayer, you know. I know. <laughs> Father, thank you for the gathering of friends. Hosanna. Hosanna. <laughs> for all the choices we made. <laughs> Shut up. Let me have my fun. I hate you guys. All right. News update. And find a new cream coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. So. Joe Biden has changed his mind about Ukraine and F-16s. Yeah, apparently uh, Joe Biden informed G7 leaders today that the U.S. will join a joint or will support, rather, a joint effort with allies and partners to train Ukrainian pilots on fourth generation aircraft, including F-16. This is not going to be happening in the U.S., but will likely happen in Europe. But U.S. personnel will participate in the training alongside allies and partners in Europe. So, yeah, but uh, it's the creep, right, that that we're seeing. That's what's so frustrating to me about the entire support Ukraine thing. And and we've heard this talked about uh, from several sources ever since this thing began. They say, listen, if you're going to support Ukraine, just give them everything they need up front. But the way that they're going about doing it is just stringing it out longer and longer and longer, costing more and more and more. And actually costing more lives. Yeah. But they don't care. Well, no, because the money printer is going right now. Right. Yes. You know, it's an unrelated story, I guess, in some ways. Uh, To me, it's somewhat related. I don't know if you saw it. It's big meeting right now, the world elite in Portugal. 
World Economic Forum is there, the Pfizer CEO, um, all these different people. We have some politicians there, of course, mm-hmm. other people from other parts of the world. The one outlier in this whole meeting, and I'll get back on point in a second, mm-hmm. is Stacey Abrams. Yeah. What well, is she, she doing there? Well, she only heard the second syllable of elite and got confused. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I'm not quite sure because the left loves her. Doesn't she have some sort of gig in this administration? Some I don't. I don't I, think I was, so. I was thinking it was some sort of, you know, vice presidential librarian or some nonsense. <laughs> I mean, no, just, I don't. I don't think. Are you so. thinking about the former mayor of Atlanta? Maybe Mario Bowser. She got no, that's, Bowser's that's DC mayor or DC. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I, th- yeah. everything's coming together here. Lance Bottoms, yes, the former mayor of Atlanta. Yes. she is with the administration now. Mm-hmm. In some weirdo capacity, right? It, it, yes, bowling so we'll league give you president a job. or some nonsense. I don't know. <laughs> Scorekeeper, yeah, Scott, get it right. It yeah, but you know, you hear all these people are meeting and they're going to discuss a variety of topics but what's she doing there dude i already told you i, don't I mean know i don't get i don't understand it's just it's all these invite different people stacy abrams uh it's former national security council director for the obama administration it's the former trump administration national security council member matthew pottinger um all these different people go in and they discuss a number of different things yeah. Including China, including Ukraine, you know, I, and so I see the story, and I'm like, okay, this is where all the big decisions are made. Mm-hmm. It's crap like this: artificial intelligence, banking, industrial policy, NATO, Russia, transnational threats, the United States' role in the world, all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, you get back to. Okay, so Biden changes his mind on Ukraine and the F-16s. I mean, who influences that? Yeah. Is it our government? It doesn't seem to be so to me. Stacey Abrams. <laughs> yeah. She wants her seat at the table, Scott. That's right. I know. She's a twice-failed gubernatorial candidate. Heck, man. It's like Forrest Gump. She just keeps showing up with these gigs. I don't know <laughs> any of this happens. But Forrest kept succeeding. That he was did. just right. it. Yeah. Right. That's the difference. Forrest would have been the governor. <laughs> he kept succeeding without really even trying. Exactly. She's the opposite there. Right. Although he did put a lot of time into that ping pong. That's he true. got great. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Uh, moving on to puberty blockers. Yeah. They're totally reversible. This must be new news. Yeah, Texas has passed a law banning uh, sex change procedures and puberty blockers for minors. MSNBC says, oh, the sky is falling. This is terrible. I mean, Chris Hayes on MSNBC, the guy oh. who kind of looks like uh, like you, someone tried to draw Rachel Maddow from memory. Um, yeah. And put glasses on her? And put, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they uh, he was flipping out about this. None of your GD business, blah, 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 all this stuff. Well, another host brought on a mom from Texas to talk about how this is so damaging to her son, who started identifying as a girl at the age of five, all on his own, wouldn't you know? Okay. Yeah. All right, roll it. Our daughter transitioned socially when she was five years old. So the vast majority of transition is social. So it's there's really not any kind of medical intervention until puberty. And, uh, you know, puberty blockers are totally reversible. These are used whoa, 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 for... Whoa, hold on. 
Since when? Yeah, what? how do you define reversible, too? I mean, there are people who are, uh, I mean, you're talking about uh, sterility or whatever. I mean, they, the kids kids can yes. no longer reproduce when they, when they get older. There's Correct. permanent voice change. There's permanent body modifications and changes that do happen with this stuff. And yes. my, my thing is, if your entire argument is, well, this is who my kid is, then why do you care that it's totally reversible? Well, that's a great question. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if this, like if I'm building a deck outside of my house, I don't really care if I can tear that deck down. I'm building it because I want the deck. Right. <laughs> yeah, good point. I always think of the counter argument. I'm like, yeah, I got nothing there, David. <laughs> okay, she goes on. These are used for a variety of different healthcare reasons, not just for transgender youth. And that's how we know that this is a deeply discriminatory bill because it's only banning the same healthcare that's accessible to non-transgender children uh, and only, only targets trans kids. What does that mean? Well, what what she's getting at, and unfortunately the MSNBC host uh, didn't really challenge her on any of that, what she's talking about is what these drugs are actually for, which is treating things like breast cancer, uh, prostate cancer, polycystic ovary syndrome, a whole range of actual medical maladies that people use these drugs for. When it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the, like the puberty blocker angle of this to transition kids, the reason they are used is because the side effects get the intended effect. They're not actually using the medication to treat anything. They're using it banking on the side effects, making a girl more like a boy and a boy more like a girl. Okay. Which is sick. Do they ever bring up the social contagion with this going on? Oh, no. No. It doesn't exist in that world. There's no such thing. That for all of history, there have been kids identifying as the opposite sex, but they were just frustrated in their body forever. Yeah. But now we know that we just need this, quote, gender-affirming care. So why didn't all these kids throughout history kill themselves from their argument? Because if you don't give them this stuff, they're going to kill themselves. That's what we're told. Well, why hasn't this happened for centuries? There's no answer to that, I guess. No. No. Because it's all nonsense. He was. And this was a little boy, and he's transitioning? Yes. As transitioned, correct? Yeah. They yeah. said, uh, she said socially transitioned at okay. five, and I'm not sure how old the, the child is at this point, mm -hmm. but they were planning on doing the puberty blocker thing. And then chopping it. Yeah. I, I at just, some point. I still can't wrap my mind around it. If this is who that kid is, and you've known it since he was five, then why is it being totally reversible, a selling point? It doesn't make any sense. Because that's an activist. Oh, of course it is. Who that's is abusing her child? A, yes. All right. I don't even know what we're arguing about anymore. It just seems... Uh, I I mean, it, it's crazy. You can't build a consensus on that. What can you build a consensus on? But I, I think you got to stand know. up for the kids. Well, I agree. Yes. All right, we got to switch gears. I'm very so. pro wiener. Okay, that was way out of context. That was a clip from yesterday's show yeah, from well, Robbins. I am. If you've got one, keep it. Yes. <laughs> that, well, that wasn't even the context. I think right. we were talking about the wiener mobile. Yes. And that's what happens. You say things, and then they can be used out of context. I'm so. very pro wiener. Yeah, that was yesterday. Oh. Okay. Oh. Moving on. Um, I got the bumper sticker. Oh, boy. Anybody been invited to a brainstorming meeting? Uh-huh. Of course. Because that's part of 
work culture usually, right. depending there, on your job. There a are lot no of bad ideas. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. And That's a lie. There are bad ideas. I see this piece that is saying cancel the brainstorm. There's a better way to get ideas, and a lot of times this is a waste of time. And I looked into this a little bit, and this was even back in 2015. This was from Harvard. Had a whole piece on why group brainstorming is a huge waste of time. Like People have known this for a while, but a lot of corporations still continue to do it. Okay, And I'm not going to say there's never been a good idea that's come out of one of those. But from all the research, you're way better off being by yourself, giving yourself the time to think, to come up with ideas, than being in a group where you're just trying to come up with stuff while listening to other people talk, which makes total sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can iron out details or if everybody presents a plan for whatever project you want to do and then you, you you have the roundtable to poke holes in whoever has what plan, mm-hmm. that, that's fine. But, yeah, the initial creative process, in my experience, tends to be best off when you're doing it alone. Yes. Now, it might sound harsh, but would you agree that brainstorming a lot of times is for people that usually don't come up with good ideas but want to feel like they're part of it? Yeah, I think that might be part And then of maybe it. say, you know what? We came up with a great idea out of that brainstorming session. Yeah, right. No, actually, you didn't at all. It was somebody else. Or, or in some cases, it's somebody who wants to do something but uses a brainstorming session to basically, well, force everybody to agree with that person. Yes. We're going to have that a brainstorming session. I mean, we're going to do my idea, but we want, I want to make it seem like you had input. Yes, that's oh, true, yeah, too. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. Well, from reading all this different stuff, and the, I mean, it's just interesting to me that they were saying some of the pitfalls include blabbermouths with mediocre suggestions yep. and then introverts with brilliant ones that they keep to themselves because they're afraid they're going to get piled on by everybody else in the meeting. Yeah, meanwhile, it's like the, the idiot who says something. This actually did happen to me in a brainstorming session. Somebody Are actually talk came about, up. Is this viral? Yes. Oh, dude, I love this story. This is one of my favorites. We're in this this all-hands-on-deck meeting, okay? This is when I was a program director. (laughs) All-hands-on-deck meeting, and everybody's talking about how can we increase our digital footprint (laughs) to make more money and all that stuff, right? Okay, great, great premise, right? Mm -hmm. And there was one guy in there who was brought in as a world beater, right? He was going to be the guy who changed the game for everybody. Yes, Except anyone with two brain cells to rub together or had a conversation with that guy for more than 60 seconds would know, okay, he's a good BSer, essentially. And the during emperor this, had no clothes. Yeah. And during this all-hands-on-deck creative meeting, <laughs> one of his brilliant suggestions was, well, we just need to make videos go viral. And the guy leading the meeting says, that's a great idea, and typed it up on the meeting minutes. <laughs> make things go viral. And so there was a joke between me and a couple of our, a uh, couple of my colleagues at the time, and where every time we would walk by one another's office or see each other in the hall, or like, is there like a viral button, and have you pushed it yet? <laughs> it's like having the sports team come together. <laughs> we need to figure out how to get out of this slump. Yeah. I think we need to score more than the other team. Yes. Brilliant. Yes! If we can score more than 21 and keep them under 21 points, we're going to win a lot of ball games. Okay. That's awesome.
Well, one guy is the vice president of a group said, okay, it's a 70-30 theory. 70% of ideas in a brainstorming session are idiotic, but 30% have merit. He thinks it's worth it. Most would say waste of time. We get free lunch. That's what I want to know. Yeah. All right, news update. We set you up for Friday 5 next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Update. Well, this is like the third update to this story this week, David. Yeah, the L.A. Dodgers found themselves in quite a situation. Uh, they're having a pride night at the ballpark because, yeah. Uh, and initially they were going to honor this radical trans and drag group that mocks Catholicism. Yes. Uh, they axed that plan after there was backlash. Well, now there's backlash to the backlash, you see. Now a big gay pride group is backing out of Pride Night. This is L.A. Pride. They said, quote, as a longstanding partner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, we are very disappointed in their decision to rescind their invitation to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to be honored at the 10th annual LGBTQ plus Pride Night. As a result, and in solidarity with our community, L.A. Pride will not be participating in this year's Dodgers Pride Night. Oh, no. Oh, darn the luck. What do you make of that, Scott? Well, I'd like to have guy. my money back for the game that I bought. <laughs> you can go make the trip to L.A., huh? Yeah, to see the n- nuns of perpetual madness. What is or, it? What, what is it? It's Yeah, it's it's this yeah. crazy group that yeah, does uh-huh. the, the no. mocking Catholicism. Right. This is yeah. uh, integral. Dressing as nuns and then strip yeah. teases no, I mean, I don't, on a cross. I, and... I don't understand why professional sports teams even get involved with this stuff. I honestly don't know why. Well, there's different theme nights that can bring people in. Yeah. And so I think that's where the thought starts. The drag night. Okay. Well, that that crosses the line for a lot of people, well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I just don't... Of all the nights you could have... When you mentioned something about what would Vince Scully say, something... Yeah. Didn't you say that the other day? Uh, yeah. Well, you can just imagine the play-by-play, right? Well, what would it be? Oh, there's some nuns on the field of some men dressed as women. <laughs> That's interesting. This hasn't happened since Mari Wills stole base number 63 in 1961 off Andy Echeverria. Somehow in my mind, I heard him saying something like, Not here, not now, not ever. There you go. Well, that's the bin I know and love, yes. I'm regretting my decision to not retire. Yeah. Yes. This will be my final broadcast. Goodbye, world. <laughs> I'll leave you with one final question. Who's your daddy? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to get ready for the Friday Five. (laughs) Robbins came up with this in honor of what? It's like National Violin Day. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what that means. Greatest songs of all time with a violin in it. Yes. And that just doesn't mean classical music. You're talking about pop rock country. Right, we're talking about pop rock country. And we're also talking about if it's a fiddle. If you'd rather call it a fiddle, it qualifies. (laughs) Well, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. Yeah. I learned that from Alabama. Might be a lot of country, but is this more based on rock and pop? I, yes, it's more yeah, of a rock is. thing. It's more of a rock Country, thing, yeah. there's just way too many. Okay, just clarifying. So that is the greatest songs of all time, pop and rock special, with a violin in it. If you want to get in early, 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. We'll kick it off next. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Thank you for being here. It's Friday. That means our countdown to Friday 5. Kicking off like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday 5. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Oh, it feels good to be in the Friday 5. Countdown that we do every week. Today, Scott, you brought this up. It's National or International Violin, Violin Day. Day. Yeah, we don't get that. We don't get that very often. No, we need to celebrate it. That's what we're doing. Yeah, right. yeah. Greatest songs, especially of the rock and pop variety. Yeah, with a violin prominently featured in the song. Yes. Okay. Now you would say it's prominently featured a little more in some of these songs than others. Yeah. But still, it's in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. The number to call is always 210-619-2053. And the way we do the countdown, if you're new to the show, how big or iconic is the song? That's one rating. Then test of time is another rating and how much we personally like it individually. Yeah. That's how we put it all together. Strong yeah. list. And for the most part, again, yeah, country music kind of got ignored in this one because there's so many country songs. Makes sense. Kind of had to have some crossover in order to make the five. Makes sense. All right, who's up first today? Uh, let's talk to Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. Uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Jim. Hey, I'm going to go on the uh, coattails there of David and his country music comment and say the Charlie Daniels band, the devil went down to Georgia. Yep. Oh, man. Number four. Sometimes when we do the countdown, I'll feel old just knowing that Van Camp wasn't born yet. Went down to Georgia. He was <laughs> when this was big. Jeez. Eight years before he was born. Eight. What year was this? 79. Well, let me tell you what. Golly, I remember the big controversy. We played the son of a gun version. It was like, gosh dang it. Instead of the son of a B version. Yes. And you cool rock guys got to play the son of a B version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is there a movie you think of when you hear that song? Anybody? Urban Cowboy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The scene that's yeah. going on when right. that is played is pretty cool. Do you ever see him? Charlie Daniels? Yeah. I want to say I saw him on a Riverfront I show. Did. I did too. Maybe we're at the same show. I don't know. That could be. Yeah, I mean, you great performer. He was playing it hot. Oh, no doubt about yep. it. All right, who's next? Let's talk to Joey in Oregon. Hey, Joey. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, Joey. Thanks for checking in, man. It's awesome to finally get a hold of you guys. Oh, thanks. You've been trying for a while? Oh, uh, for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, man. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm glad you made it in, dude. So my guess is going to be one of my all-time favorites, Dust in the Wind. Kansas, sure. Yes. Oh, man. And this was close, too. Very close. All we are is dust in the wind. 
I can't believe that didn't make five. I had it in my five. Did you notice yesterday? Someone said they hated this song. Yeah. How do you hate this song? I love the band too, but I dislike the song. Why? It's so maudlin, I guess. It's depressing. <laughs> Well, yeah, it is depressing. I, all we are is dust in the wind. I think it's a well done song. I, yeah, I, I, I it, it is. I just, I, I've heard it enough, and I just can't be depressed any more than I already am. The vocal performance on that is great. I agree. Oh yeah, Steve Walsh had one of the great rock voices. No I, doubt, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, on with the countdown. Who's next? Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. Thanks for checking in, as always. Okay. Um, so today I'm going to go with Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Also disappointed this didn't make the five. Okay, when we went over the rankings for this yesterday, both of you guys gave this a low test of time score. Yeah. About a six. Yeah. I wanted it to be higher because for personal life, that's in my top three mm -hmm. of all these songs. Slave to I the like money, the then too. you die. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that song's been a friend through the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a friend to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, too. Well, no kidding. Did they finally give up on that thing? No, they won. No, they won, but I, I think they did start sharing some credit with them so yeah the backstory That's what if you I don't thought. know there was a orchestral version of what well, as tears go by was that the song i think so uh by the rolling stones there was an orchestral version of that that was made that you hear in that's the strings in uh the verb song and yeah they uh, the rolling stone said hey you need to give us songwriting credits took him to court sued him ruined the band yeah that's basically they destroyed it. the verb in a lot of ways, yes. And then felt bad about it, I think, later. And then, like, oh, here, yeah. here's some money. <laughs> like 30 years after the fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the Friday Five, the countdown we do uh, every week. Greatest violin songs of all time for the countdown. And who's next, David? Let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Speaking of things that go viral, I think the Friday Five went viral years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thank you. My song, Dexie and the Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, yeah. Number five. The life of this song is almost amazing. It's a big hit. Oh, yeah. And then it was a punchline for years. And this yeah. one-hit wonder band. And then it came back into the public consciousness and then never left. No. Really interesting. This is a fun song. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen you do your Dexy's Midnight Runner dance to that before. Yeah. At a wedding or two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't have video of it, or we would. That would go viral. Well, I guarantee it's, you. It's a dance known as running in place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, who's next? Let's talk to John in Portland. Hey, John. Hey, gentlemen. Love your show. Love everything you guys do. You make me laugh every day. So, love it. Thanks. I appreciate that, John. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Well, we're going to go with a guy who used to be called John Cougar Mellencamp, now John Mellencamp, Paper and Fire. Paper yes. and Fire. Well, 
that was the year Van Camp was born. And Robin's head hangs in shame. It's okay. Robin's, I don't know if I've ever seen you look that legitimately defeated. It was. It was like you were a little kid and someone handed you an ice cream cone and then just took it from you and said, (laughs) you can't have one. When I start to think about that, it's like, golly. I was working at a music land when that was out. We sold a lot of Mm. that. Yeah, that was a big song, too. The Lonesome Jubilee. Yes. Yeah, I got a picture with him on that tour. That's when he had the long hair. Yep. The big mane. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Still had a real high forehead, but (laughs) you couldn't see it because of the hair. Have you seen that forehead on him? Looks like Abe Lincoln hat. (laughs) What is it? They call it a five head? Yeah, in a foreheads for foreheads. (laughs) (laughs) Holy smokes, man. Maybe we should do that the rest of the countdown. Mention the foreheads of every other artist coming up. <laughs> this could get real fun. All right, who's next, David? <laughs> Let's talk to John in Deep Blue, Connecticut. Hey, John. Hey, greetings. I, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Please, you know, feel free to continue. But, uh, by the way, Robin's on with you. I'm uh, definitely a carry-on wayward son kind of guy, much more yeah, uplifting. definitely, yeah. Uh, but but I digress. I know this is not from our favorite mutual album from Led Zeppelin, In Through the Outdoor, but I'm still going to go old school and go with Cashmere. Yes. Number two. Top of days for wasn't that on Houses? Yes, it was. Was it? I said, wasn't that on Houses? Was it what on Houses? The album, Cashmere. House of the Holy, yeah. Yeah, okay. Or Physical Graffiti. Cash, Cashmere's on Physical, physical Graffiti, graffiti that's you right. freaking well, posers. <laughs> Who am I doing a show with? Holy is on quit. Physical Graffiti. Yeah. He said Presence. No, he, he said, said Into the, the Outdoor. Outdoor, okay. Yeah. That's why I thought we were going with All of My Love. Okay. Does that have... I'm not quite <laughs> sure what... Was John referencing another song when he no. mentioned Into the Outdoor? No, he, he said, I'm not going to go with our mutual favorite, because I think a long time ago, we had a discussion about how Into the Outdoor is, is maybe an underrated album. Not Certainly not the best Zeppelin record. Right. But it's still a pretty good album. It's all right. And he had said that he liked that, too. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Yeah, the, you know... The whole thing about Cashmere, too, and the confusion of albums mm-hmm. also is at the scene in Fast Times at Richmond High. When Damone tells Rat, when it comes down to making out, put on side one of Led Zeppelin 4. And then he's in the car on the date and he's playing Cashmere. Cashmere. And you're going, wait a second, that's physical graffiti, bro. <laughs> and the song Houses of the Holy appeared on physical graffiti. Physical graffiti. Yes. Yes. Which was confusing, too. Yes. Yeah. Was not on the Houses of the Holy album. No. That is correct. Yeah. All right. Next week, Led Zeppelin history on the Friday Five. But this week, <laughs> wow, it's violin songs. Still looking for number one and number three. The number 210-619-2053. And we'll wrap it up. Coming up. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Got a news update. <laughs> What, about 13 minutes? Yeah. The Scott Robbins trifecta. we got to finish up our Friday Five. Today, Robbins brought this up yesterday. It's National Violin Day or International something. Violin, yes. They're celebrating the violin. Yes. And so we're doing the greatest songs of all time with violin in it. Yeah. Okay, number two, Cashmere from Led Zeppelin. Yeah, those are strings. We were told it was guitars, Jimmy's guitars. There's no strings. So we did a deep dive and there are strings. Yes. 
Charlie Daniels Band, Devil Went Down to Georgia at 4. Come on, Eileen from Dexy's Midnight Runners at 5. And we've had great honorable mentions from John Mellencamp, Kansas, and the Verve. But now back to it, David. Let's talk to Matt in Idaho Falls. Hey, Matt. Hey, gentlemen. And I use Matt. that loosely. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was going to go with John Cougar uh, Mellencamp because uh, Lisa Germano did a great job on that album. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with Guns and Roses, November Rain. Oh, yeah. Number three. Every rocker has his soft side. Okay, if you just joined the show, I love Guns N' Roses. David and Scott, not so much. No. I still think this is an epic, great song. I, I, I just never want to listen to it. Yeah, me either. Oh, but man, then you got that whole part, and then you got the Slash solo, and then you got the next part of the song that then goes to this other mm -hmm. gear. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, it's very nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm having a party of one. All right, I'm, who's next? I'm happy for you, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk to Lon in Vancouver. Hey. Lon. Lon, hey. Hey, Lon. There you are. Hey. Uh, well, my first choice was going to be Devil Came Down to Washington, D.C., because they all lost that concept, yeah. that uh, <laughs> contest, and have absolutely no soul. Um, Agreed. But I, uh, speaking of devils, let's just go with the devils that show up at the picnic. Ants Marching, Dave Matthews Band. There you go. <laughs> That's very funny, yeah. man. Yes. I always have a hard time deciding who I like better as a vocalist, Dave Matthews or Axl Rose. <laughs> on this song, Dave Matthews sounds like Kermit the Frog sitting on a thumbtack. <laughs> wow. You know... You've asked me to do the, the Dave Matthews impersonation before. It's pretty good. I think that's where it was born from. I think, I think it must be. Yeah. That's good. By all means, I'm please. trying to think now. How would Dave Matthews sing November Rain? Nothing left forever. Even November Rain. <laughs> Not bad. Okay, I'm done. You're really good when you scat. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the best part. Little baby. <laughs> Let's let's talk to Brian in California. Hey, Brian. Hey, what's going on, guys? Brian, Hi, Brian. in California, bro. Thanks for checking in, man. What's going on? The crappy blue state. Sorry, guys. I had to bug you with my uh, no, uh, okay. my, my Republican thoughts, but in the liberal state. Yes, I love California. I mean, the actual state and driving around oh, the wonderful. state is fantastic. Wonderful, Northern California here, a logger. The good old yes. days, living the life like everybody used to, you know? Yeah, oh boy, yeah. Definitely, yeah. So, uh, hey, I was going to guess See You Again by, was it Wiz Khalifa for uh, for you guys there in your uh, Fast and Furious movie? <laughs> <laughs> I would weep or come close to it. I know. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, Thank God I'm a Country Boy by John Denver. Heck, Heck yeah. yeah, man. I thank God I'm a Country Boy. What a great call. Well, I got me a fine wife. I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny body riddle. Thank God I'm a Country Boy. Yeah. It's still maintained. It's hard to be in a bad mood when that song's playing. Yeah, that's a great one. 
just fun. Love that song. Yeah, I think he probably gets a little more credit now than he did then. You've made fun of John Denver several times. I have, times, but now guys. I find myself going, you know, there's some good stuff there. Oh, dude. I mean, Rocky Mountain High is a great song. There's a lot of great songs. Yeah. Now, you bring up a certain John Denver song, Van Camp May Weep. Sunshine Am on I My lying? Shoulders. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, Annie's song? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, w- one, my, my mom really loves that song because she thought that as soon as I was born, that song was in her head, and she always tells me that. And then I also played that on piano at my brother's wedding. See? It's getting a little emotional here. For Scott, nice we better move senses. on. I'm still waiting for my senses to get filled up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to Virgil in Oregon. Hey, Virgil. Hi. First time caller, long time listener, guys. Great show. Thanks, oh, buddy. thank you so much, Virgil. Appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm going to go with the original good one by The Who, Baba O'Reilly. Yes. Well, yeah. Number one. And this is a fun little dance to do, too. It's a jig. A little bit, yes. We'll record that at some point in time. That's a good list for violence. You know, Pete Townsend is 78 today. Check you out, Cliff Clavin. That's right. Appreciate it. We'll do Celebrity Birthdays next. No, we're not. (laughs) That's the Friday Five. Awesome as always. Appreciate it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David. Uh, Biggest story of the day on the world stage, I think, is uh, Joe Biden meeting with our friends and allies, and hopefully he doesn't poop his pants this time. Uh, That'll be be the good news if he doesn't, but apparently he has also agreed in a joint effort to give F-16s to Ukrainian pilots, which he said he wasn't going to do, but now he's going to do it because that's the world we live in now. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, we didn't have time for all the calls. We never do that. That would have been there, too. Eleanor Beatles for Okay. Another really uplifting piece of music. Okay. We got to get to, oh, your trifecta, your top three of the day, and another news update from Van Camp. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, news update, David Van Camp. Well, something that is uh, making the news now uh, after the fallout of the Durham report is that apparently the FBI uh, made four separate investigations into Clinton. Go away. Yes, how about that? <laughs> Boy, man. <laughs> Must be nice to have the FBI. Maybe the, I think this is really why she was so bent out of shape when James Comey came out and did oh, his yeah, press man. conference and update on the uh on the Anthony Weiner laptop if you remember that caper. Yes. Uh, uh saying, "Oh, we found more classified materials that were not supposed to be where they were being stored." Um with Hillary Clinton, because she was like, hey, you guys are on our side. Right. Wow. Man, <laughs> what a tangled web we weave, huh? And th- yes, and the whole thing is, we're living in a different time mm-hmm. where this would be like this blockbuster story. But does it even exist if half the country never yeah. even hears about it? Well, I will say, we know for certain that those investigations did not kill themselves. Yes, you can say that for certain. I don't know if we have time to get to it today. It's interesting, too, with everything going on, what's happened at the border. (laughs) When you're talking about the Clintons, and it's something that Bill Clinton said back in 1996 that got... All Americans. Listen. 
Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more. That speech earned him a standing ovation from both both sides of the aisle. Ain't that something? Isn't that something, <laughs> It dude? really is. I heard that from World News earlier this week. And even though you know that stuff exists, when you actually hear it again, you're like, holy cow. Now, I realize, David, you were nine years old when that happened. But still, yeah. for a lot of people... I would he, love to know if Clinton would stand by that statement today. There's no way. Oh, no. I mean, if not, they why? Evolve if on not that why? stuff, mm-hmm. Because they evolved on it. Evolved how? Uh, from, I mean, I want to know. But from money. The yeah. same way that uh, Hillary took great umbrage at anyone that would threaten the sanctity of marriage until she evolved on the issue. When all that LGBTQ money came pouring into her campaign. The same way with Big O. These guys. All of a sudden you evolve when a lot of cash comes yeah. in. It happens. A lot of power. There is that. Okay. We got our update. Are we ready for the trifecta? Yeah, let's go. All right. Roll it out. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time. Robbins top three of the day, helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. Weekend coming up. You coming over? I'm ready. No, I said, are you coming over? I... I'm ready. Pop, three. Pop, pop, watch baseball. Okay. <laughs> Number three, uh, apparently somebody is going to stop asking about criminal backgrounds on college applications. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, April 28th, a post on Homeroom, which is the official blog of the Department of Education. Okay. Calling on all schools to remove the criminal background question from admissions. This second, second chance month, we are calling upon institutions across the country to re-examine your admissions and student service policies and holistically determine how they can better serve and support current and formerly incarcerated students. We call on you to ban the box. <laughs> there you go. What do you think that is, Scott? Come on. It's diversity. We have a low number of felons going to school here. We got to increase that. I, I, I hate the the flowery language that they throw in there for just admissions. I don't have a problem with that. If a school decides they're not going to ask, rooming in a dorm is a different thing. Well, getting yeah. housing that's a totally different thing, yeah. and it depends on what you were convicted of. But to me, I, I don't know. I I think if if you have, if you are no longer in prison then you got the money and you can get the money to go pay for college, then go to college. Hi, my name's Ethan. What's your name, new roommate? <laughs> Rocco. <laughs> no. Yeah, I spent some time, you yeah. know, multiple assaults. <laughs> Don't cross me. Got it? <laughs> yes, sir. As far as you're concerned, my name is God. <laughs> Mom, Let's Dad, get some I rules my new when it today. comes to this dorm room, okay? Yeah. He seems like a bit of a ruffian. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting closer and closer Let's to number your one. <laughs> <laughs> the Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day up to number two. <laughs> number two. <laughs> <She wins. laughs> 
Chris Christie is apparently going to announce that he is making uh, another run for president for some guys, reason. Guys, I don't, I don't know whether we yawn now or after the story, uh, but Chris Christie is throwing his hat into the ring and will be announcing in the coming days that he is a presidential candidate in 2024. This used to be your guy. He did. I used to really like him. I did. <laughs> Not anymore. That's over. CNN reported in April that Christie went through the usual drill, met with potential donors, talked with staffers and others to gauge some sort of interest in a potential presidential campaign, blah, 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 blah. So now he sees himself as the only serious GOP candidate willing to take on Donald Trump. He also sees himself as a candidate who could appeal to enough independents to beat Joe Biden in a general Uh, election. Dude. I, I'm old enough to remember 2015 yeah. when Donald Trump dog-walked him around yeah. the debate stage. Um, and then he went hat-in-hand hand to Trump to beg yeah. for a gig and to help him advise on his campaign. <laughs> Please. Well, okay, we talked earlier that it's supposed to be next Wednesday. DeSantis is going to yeah. announce yeah. that he's running. Yep. So he's saying no one else will stand up to Trump. So DeSantis is what, going to lay down to Trump? Yeah. He's a flanker. Isn't that what this is? It's designed he's going to really try to go after Trump. I mean, he's already projected this. Yeah. That's the game. And so the, all this nonsense about it. Well, I talked to my advisors. We really, you have no chance, dude. Everyone knows it. This is for future jobs and, you know, part of a different sort of plan. But I guess you got to say what you got to say. I just like being able to bring up that that used to be Robin's guy. I he thought he was going to be the guy in 2016. I'm the kiss of death, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, because it went Every him, endorsement I make. Scott Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to bring that up again. No, that's now, right. on with the countdown. This guy, Rob, is keeping it to this. myself this year. <laughs> There'll only be cartoon <laughs> balloons that no one but me can read. Yes. Top three of the day up to number one. Number one, Anheuser-Busch has another problem on its hands. Gal, mm-hmm. I did, this is interesting. Uh, and I even thought about this. I mean, declining sales are certainly there over the Dylan Mulvaney saga. Mm-hmm. But now Republican lawmakers are calling for an investigation into Budweiser's partnership with uh, Mulvaney over concerns about who the company was marketing his product to in this little collaboration. Joint letter to, An- a joint letter to Anheuser-Busch, their chairman, Ted Cruz and Marsha Blackburn, asked the chairman and the Beer Institute's Code Compliance Review Board to investigate whether the partnership violated the Beer Institute's advertising marketing code and buying guidelines prohibiting marketing to individuals younger than the legal drinking age. Yeah, without There's, the proper disclosures on anything. Yes, yeah. yes. The use of the phrase girlhood, they say, was not a slip of the tongue, but rather an emblem of a series of Mulvaney online content that was specifically used to target, market to, and attract an audience of young people who are well below the legal drinking age in the U.S. They wrote and gave several examples of Mulvaney's videos. We urge you in your capacity at Anheuser-Busch to avoid a lengthy investigation. Just apologize to people and tell them we were wrong and move on. Okay. David, you have the same look on your face that I feel in my gut. What is this? Well, I... I mean, I, 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 you can go ticky-tack and say, were there the right disclosures? Obviously not, right? They were just videos that this person made. And I, I guess, you know, there are laws against marketing 
alcohol to kids and yeah, Joe Camel, that kind of thing with yeah, the, if with you're the if you're cigarettes. But at the same time, we got enough problems. I'm I'm a little uh, just turned off by the idea of of senators wasting their time. On I'm this. with you on that because I mean, listen the the buying public showed their displeasure. Yeah. Now it's well, I think they were marketing to younger people. Yeah. Beer companies never do that. Yeah. Not maybe not it, as shamelessly as that, but they do it. I thought it was just to a completely different quote community. Maybe it is young people. Well, you got somebody no idea. promoting drinking beer that talks about their girlhood. Okay. All right. So I mean, I understand what they're doing, and I think really what they would like Anheuser Busch to do is to bend the knee. Yeah, but they're going to be forced to do that anyway. This is kind of. This is like never interrupt your your opponent when he's making a mistake. Absolutely, and that it, this feels like that. I don't disagree with you. I'm just yeah. you know, yes. Just and a, there you have it. One more thing. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Oh, quick survey. I saw this real quick. Uh, study out. <laughs> Found that people are more likely to pay in cash for transactions that are harder to justify. <laughs> so there's no trail. That, yes. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? Well, because did you used to do this when you no, before you quit no, drinking? No, 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 no. But I, when I was because you the, had cash all the time. When I was a married guy, I'd open up the uh, transactions and go, "What the hell is this? Three hundred dollars on here for? <laughs> Where did this come from?" So what about what about your spending? I mean, could you see cash, where it was every day? Cash on the dollar, baby. That's that's it. what I'm getting at. Yes. If I took out ninety percent of my paycheck in cash, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hated direct deposit. I hated it. There was a record of it. I oh, that's the deal. Yeah. Now it makes sense to me being your friend all these years. Now I'm like, why don't you do this? It's simple because you would gripe and moan. I got to go cash the check. Right. I'm like, why don't you just direct deposit? I don't like it. I don't like it then. Okay. For those that don't know, that was 2015 Robin's heart attacks. Before that, you like to, you know, kick back a couple maybe after I did. work. I know. You'd say, I had a couple beers. A couple the pitchers. couple were were known as schooners that were 48 were ounces how many 48 yeah a couple of them. <laughs> it was the ongoing joke ever i just had a couple well i did technically that's true <laughs> you didn't ask me how many ounces i poured down my I throat know. yeah Eight because beers. i always knew <laughs> yes between two <laughs> and then maybe another one after a thing of pretzels who knows but you're not alone there are a lot of people that will use cash on those types of purchases. All right, news update. And Nimrod's with the news straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp Robbins Show. Don Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. So yesterday there was a little glitch in the State Department. I don't know if you heard about this, where they, they were testing a new feature that would allow you to add pronouns in the, in the from line on your email. So it would say whatever your email address is and then add your pronouns to it. Oh, my goodness. You can add that. Well, it started – it accidentally went live yesterday, okay. and it just started assigning random pronouns to people, oftentimes wrong. <laughs> so, like, all of a sudden, he's were she's and she's were he's and all this stuff. So it's a funny little glitch, right? Yeah. No, there's nothing funny about that. The State Department is offering free therapy and counseling to any employee who feels hurt or upset as a result of this unfortunate mistake. Misgendering is violence. Oh, okay. my goodness. These are the people who are supposed to be advancing American interests through diplomacy throughout the world. 
if you need to get therapy because your email accidentally misgendered you, and I don't care if you're trans or if you're if you're not, and, and whatever, if you're just that offended by it that you need therapy, you should quit your job at the State Department. Go work somewhere else. Agree. I mean, you might have it work also where some dude, very masculine, and got called a she. Yeah. He's ready. He's ready to take out his pound of flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Who called me a she? <laughs> Who was it? Who did? Hey, you better you better calm that person down quick. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go. Um, by the way, speaking of counseling, it, instead of using this as part of Nimrods in the news, I'll just mention it now because. Japan is in Nimrods in the news. I'll explain that in a minute or two. Did you hear what's going on in Japan right now? There's counseling going on for people on how to smile. It's a smile coach. Anybody hear this? No. No. Yes. They're getting lessons on how to smile because they had to wear a mask for so long. And it's saying that people actually sort of forgot how to do it. Mm. And they're self-conscious taking pictures now because they're not quite sure how to smile. How I don't understand it. Can you see this? Am I not seeing something? It's one thing, like, you've got a little kid. They don't know how to smile for a picture. So every picture, they clench their teeth like, hmm. Muscle muscle memory would take over. It really does uh, sort of knock down the stereotype of the Japanese tourist. The cell phone thing. Yes, very much so. So I'm seeing, like, pictures of the coach with, like, the index finger from her left hand and right hand pointing to her cheeks and pointing up like you smile like this. You haven't smiled in years now and you wow. keep coached on that? That's one of the saddest things I've heard. If this works, I'll send them to the DNC convention and work on those <laughs> unhappy people. They've forgotten how to as well. All right, let's get to Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news from Japan. 22-year-old guy. He wanted to get his truck driver's license, so he signed up for driving classes. Not the smiling classes, the driving classes. But apparently not very good as far as driving skills. Didn't pass the test. So instead of just saying, you know what, i got to continue to hone in, work on my skills. I can Mm -hmm. do this. No, he blamed his driving instructors. You suck! Oh, man. (laughs) And decided to threaten them by sending a box filled with 1,500 Origami cranes. The little paper cranes. Yeah. Origami you fold up. cranes. Yes. Fifteen hundred of them. That's so. <laughs> well, check this. Paper cranes are normally a sign of peace in Japan, so it was an odd choice, but they knew it was a threat because he also sent fifteen letters over six months that said things like quit your job and die. Oh, my. So cops arrested him last week. He said he was angry about their poor teaching style. They asked him about the paper cranes. He said, yeah, I folded them myself because it helps calm me down. So a new site in Japan joke. They think it's the first time one of these cranes has ever been used with pure malicious intent. And that's Nimrod's in the news.